Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hoke. Brian, it, it sounded like the news on Jacoby Ellsbury this week was not good news. Um, I, I, it seems like... Your understanding has been kind of measured on this for a while, but um, was this kind of a confirmation of what was suspected, or is this really – is there any surprising bad news in the latest announcement about how long he's going to be out? I don't think it's very surprising. I think it's kind of what you expected. With speed being such a big part of Ellsbury's game, uh, not just on the base pass, but he's got to run down balls in center field. You, you want him to be able to move. And I think that the fact that the Yankees didn't really give that much information other than that he had a strain on the outside of his knee, I, I think I told you it was probably going to be much more than the 15 days and, and possibly as much as a month. So I, I think at this point you're looking at best-case scenario is five weeks from the injury. Uh, that happened May 19, I believe. So so you're probably looking here at, at the, the end of June to get Ellsbury back in a lineup. But the good news is they do expect him back. It, it's not a surgery situation, but they'll have to piece it together without him for the next couple of weeks. I'm now going to ask a question that I, I'm going to violate the rule that I, I lay down, I lay down, that we lay down about not talking about things that are going to be outdated by the time anybody sees or reads them. But um, you're about to watch Masahiro Tanaka pitch, so we will talk in ways that can be as minimally outdated as possible. Um, All right. What sort of expectations and demands are they going to have on him as he works his way back in, starting with this first start? I think what you're looking at, and by the time somebody hears this, they'll know the answer, but uh, you're looking at about 80 to 85 pitches in the first game here. Uh, I think you look for him to, to be competent, to give you four or five innings, give you a chance to get into the bullpen and, and to come out of Seattle with a sweep. Um, you, you're, you're not looking for him to go very deep in the game. I, I think really what you're looking at is here the next two starts. Uh, this could have very easily been a minor league rehab start for Tanaka, but they decided rather than have him waste those pitches at Scranton uh, for the AAA team, why not have it here in the big league? So you're not looking for a whole lot here today. Just keep him in the game. The next start would be about 95 pitches. That, that's pretty close to what you're looking for from Tanaka, but he still wouldn't be all the way back. And then the third one is when you really want to see the real Tanaka. So if you think of it that way, you think of it, you're getting pitches at the big league level here that you could have been wasting in the minors, then it's sort of a bonus. Uh, now, that, that's a, that's a moot point if he goes out and gets lit up, but 
I don't expect that to be the case. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think he'll he'll keep the Yankees in the game. That, that's what he's been doing. He's been pitching pretty well to even before the injury. I expect to see that kind of Tanaka the next couple times out, and then you see what you have. But I, I think that uh, he'll give them everything he's got. I think that that's what you've seen out of Tanaka so far. Uh, it's just going to be a shorter leash the first one or two times out off the DL. At the back of the rotation, they, they answered a question that we talked about, uh, I believe, last week. Um, Adam Warren is the guy who stays in. Um, was that a difficult decision for them at all, or did that kind of make itself? They say it was not a difficult decision. Uh, I think that we probably made more of it than there needed to be. Uh, you just looked at the results, and Chris Capuano didn't have the results. It was a short sample size, three, three starts, but they were three bad starts, and you couldn't look at Warren and say uh, there was any reason to put him on the bullpen. Other than that, some of the guys in the bullpen, David Carpenter, who was designated for assignment this morning, uh, it never clicked for him. As Neil Rogers didn't really work out. But starting pitching is so valuable. And, and really, uh, Warren has been among their best starters the last four times out. I, I, he's been terrific. So uh, there was no reason to, to take him out of the rotation. He's, he's a part they're going to need to continue to count on. Who knows what happens down the road when you have Tanaka back and Ivan Nova back. But for the moment, Warren deserves to be in that rotation, and that's where he's going to stay. It, it looks from the numbers, and, and I see enough to sort of get this impression, that maybe quietly Didi Gregorius is starting to pick up a little steam. How does he look uh, to your eyes at the plate? He's starting to hit the ball with a little more authority. I, I think that uh, you know, he had a couple hits last night. Uh, he's driving the ball. Uh, I think you're starting to see some improvements there. Uh, I, you know, I, I think... He, he makes you shake your head a lot. Uh, there's there's mistakes he makes on the base paths, uh, and it's been a season-long thing. Uh, you know, the, the fielding hasn't quite been there. I think you're seeing growing pains. You're seeing a young shortstop who really hasn't played the position all that long. I, I, it's only been a few years. It's not like he's played it from the womb here. Uh, so I think you're, you're seeing a kid learning to play shortstop every day on the big league level for a New York team, and, and that can be a little daunting at times, and everything gets magnified, but I think that you, you have seen some positive things from Gregorius at the plate. Obviously, they need to keep that going. Um, but better than he looked in April, that's for sure. I think just from the, uh, the eye test, that's what I've seen. And then the sort of broader topic I, I wanted to ask about, I, I was looking, this team is second in the American League in strikeouts by their pitchers. That's third fewest walks. And they're basically mid-pack in home runs, and yet they're sixth in ERA. Um, that generally points to defense. This should be a significantly improved defensive team, and frankly, I think it ought to be a good defensive team, uh, but for some reason it doesn't seem to be. Why is that? I've been a little puzzled, especially on the left side of the infield. This is not the Chase Headley you saw last year when he was playing terrific defense. He's got 12 errors now. That's just one shy of his career high, and that was over a full season with San Diego. So, uh, whether he's got the beginning stage of the yips, uh, he's throwing balls, bouncing a lot of balls to third base, uh, to first base from third base, it, it's that's a little alarming. I, I think that for a while now, Headley has been saying he needs to clean it up and he's going to get it together. But you still see on a ground ball to third, you, you kind of wonder if he's going to make that play or not. And and Gregorius, again, he played a lot better in spring training than we've seen him play defensively during the season. I think maybe there's some pressing going on there, maybe. Maybe he's stressing to, to make the plays, particularly in April. I think that he was trying to make a good first impression, and, and you saw how that worked out. I think he's calmed down a little bit, and the game has uh, slowed down a little bit for him. But 
I, I would say defensively, the left side of the infield has been a major concern for them. Uh, second base has been okay with Stephen Drew. Uh, offense, obviously, you wanted to see more, but defensively, I don't think he's killed them. And Teixeira is back to playing Gold Glove first base, so that, that's a good sign for them. But yeah, the left side of the infield is what I would look at. That's that's a problem area, and uh, that's something for Joe Espada to, to really hone in on and, and clean up. Do you think that that is what explains? Because again, a lot of things can happen in 50 games. Do you think? That infield defense is what kind of explains the disparity between the peripherals and the runs they're giving up? I think it's part of it. I think that the pitching staff you thought was going to, to love working with this infield behind them, and, and they've been hurt a little bit by it. Uh, I, I don't think you can really look at the outfield defense so much. I, I know there are some balls that Carlos Beltran hasn't gotten to, and, and you know he's, he's looked slow going after stuff. But I don't think it's killed them so much. I think that... Uh, there's a lot of balls that are getting through the infield that are going as errors or as hits that guys just aren't getting to. And uh, I think that, that's been a surprise to me, particularly at third base. Probably a, a dumb question because you can look at this lineup and it's a pretty set lineup when it's healthy. Is there anything they can do? I mean, will you see a little more Brendan Ryan than you might expect once he comes back from the DL? Yeah, I don't really think that's a, a great fix because I, I think if you have the choice – You'd rather have the offense. Um, so I, I think when Ryan comes back, he'll, he'll they'll find a spot for him. He can he can back up Gregorius at short, and maybe that way you don't have to have Stephen Drew coming over to play short as much. But again, I don't I don't think that necessarily has been the problem there. I don't think that Drew and Gregorius really have been the issue. Didi's uh, Didi's made a couple plays that that make you shake your head and scratch your head, as I said. But um, I, I think that. Ryan's role is going to be pretty limited. He is what he is. I don't think that uh, anybody's beating down the door to get Brandon Ryan back on the roster. I, I think I, I'd like to see Girardi give Jose Perella a little bit more of a chance here. I think uh, I think you saw his live bat in spring training. You'd like to see if that translates, but it's hard for a younger player when he comes up and he's 25, 26 years old to have very limited playing time and then manage to make an impact at the big league level. So, in an ideal world, you'd have a bats for everybody. Uh, I'm not sure where they're going to come from, but, but that's what you saw with Garrett Jones. He hasn't played a whole lot, and he he's still got the power. He can get up there and hit a big three-run homer when they need it. So it's finding those spots, and that's tough for the Yankees where, as you said, every position kind of is cemented into place. It's kind of a tough position with Perella, isn't it, because um, it, it's a tough spot, and you, you, this is kind of what you're touching on, it's a tough spot for a player with his level of experience to stay in the game when he's not playing regularly, but at the same time, they can't just say, well, Stephen, well, I guess they could, but they're not likely to say right now, well, Stephen Drew, you're out, Jose Perella is in. So um, right. how do they kind of manage that and make sure that Perella gets enough at bats that he is, his development doesn't stunt, that he doesn't, um, that he doesn't struggle from lack of work while at the same time not just giving him the job? Yeah, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't, think that they are uh you know i think it's been tough for girardi to to work Perella in while he still is waiting for steven drew to come around they, they want to give drew it fast they don't believe that that was the real steven drew and maybe you did see some some good signs during the seattle series but i that's a major reason why rob Resnider, who a player that they are fairly high on is, is down there in triple a because they don't want to bring a kid up who's 23 24 years old and have him sit on the bench. Uh, so they think he's better served to be down there at AAA, continuing to learn the position at second base. Perella's got a little more experience, so that's why he's here in a bench role. But you get the sense that uh, 
if the Yankees had their way and if uh, Brendan Ryan had been healthy, both those guys would be down in Scranton and continuing to get at bats every day and be ready to come up and help the big club if and when they need it. All right. Well, Brian Hope, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras. Thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.